And at this time, the children up to sixth grade would be dismissed for Children's Church. It's good, again, as I said, uh, to be back home and with all of you. Uh, after being at uh, Mahaffey, working there for nine days, um, one, of, one of my jobs is uh, overseeing the milkshake line at Mahaffey Camp, the legendary milkshake line. Um, and over the seven nights that we made milkshakes, we made 31, over 3,100 milkshakes. So uh, it's, it's, a, it's a bit chaotic, and, uh, but it's a lot of fun to be able to see a line all the way out, all the way up a hill at Mahaffey and to go, oh my goodness, we're going to be here for a while. And one by one to distribute those out and to see and to work with a good crew of people, among other things that are done. But good to be back uh, this morning. Continue in this series, Abide in Me, on Abiding in Christ, and talking this morning about the fact that you can do it. You can do it. Now, that may sound a little bit against what we just sang, and um, as you'll hear this morning as we look into God's Word, uh, this is a, a kind of a mocking title, because as you'll see, the reality is we cannot do it. I invite you, John 15, to follow along. We've read through the entirety of the passage, and I want to do that again just so we continue because we're breaking this into smaller pieces along the way in this series. So just to keep the entirety of the passage before us, I invite you to follow along as I would read John chapter 15, beginning in verse 1. This is Jesus speaking. He says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he's like a branch that's thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit showing yourselves to be my disciples. Verse 9, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. And my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants, because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command. Love each other. May the Lord add his blessing this morning to the reading of his word. As we gather together, I'm reminded 
especially with this topic, you can do it. Of uh, Dr. Stumbo is the president of our, our denomination, the Christian Missionary Alliance, at General Council this this past uh, end of May, early June, in his uh, Wednesday morning president report. He gave what he calls the unlimited human potential speech that is given at every high school or college graduation uh, in the public sector. And he said, I can give it to you in about 15 seconds. It goes like this, and see if you've heard this speech. Students, you have an unlimited reservoir of human potential within you to accomplish any dream and to overcome any obstacle. All you have to do is believe in yourself to accomplish anything in this world. Now go, students, and do it. How many of you have heard that speech or some sort of that speech? All right. Just about everyone. Then he followed it up with this. How's that working for you, America? He went on to say that it's this speech and this belief is so ingrained in us, so ingrained that he told a story about speaking at a church in Pennsylvania, somewhere he didn't give where, that uh, an Alliance church that was celebrating its 100th year anniversary. And so as he was celebrating that with them, he spoke on a Saturday, and he gave that speech, that that speech of unlimited human potential in a mocking way to say, this doesn't go over well. And there at that service, there was a local newspaper reporter who had come to cover this 100th year celebration of this church. It was very nice, this reporter, to do that. And so this reporter came, was experienced everything, heard this message. And the next morning, Dr. Stumbo, before the church service, he wakes up and he pulls out and he receives the morning newspaper, a local newspaper. And there in the article written by this reporter, it says this, President tells church to believe in themselves. He just mocked the speech and said, this is not what we are about. And yet it was so ingrained in that reporter, and I believe probably ingrained in us, that what that reporter heard was the unlimited human potential speech. But friends, you and I, as followers of Jesus, we have a different message that we hold on to and that we share with the world. And that message is this, that all of this can only be accomplished by abiding in Christ and by living in the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you believe that? Ooh, we got some work to do this morning. Do you believe that? Okay. All of significant work for the kingdom comes about by abiding in Christ and living in the power of the Spirit. It's a message that has nothing to do with the title this morning. That you can do it. Because friends, I can't do it and you cannot do it. There is not one of us that for, human, or that for kingdom impact, for eternal significance, can do anything apart from abiding in Christ and being filled with the Spirit. We can do nothing. But the good news is, where we cannot, he can. Where we cannot, he can. And what he invites is what we sang in that last song. Lord, I'm hungry, I'm desperate, 
I'm, I need you. When we come in that desperate place, when we come in that hungry place, when we come in that place of emptiness and brokenness and weakness and say, Lord, I have nothing but to come and abide with you, that is where he does his best work in us, and that is where he does his best work through us. So this morning we're going to look at two lives, one life to reject and one life to choose into. Sermon notes are in your bulletins if you desire uh, to follow along and fill in the blanks. And we'll look at those two this morning. The first life is the life to reject. And that life is the apart life. So may I encourage us this morning. And what Jesus teaches his disciples and and teaches us is that we would reject the life apart from him. The apart life that we are to reject, we reject it with all of its fruitlessness. With all of its fruitlessness. We'll be looking specifically at verses 4 through 8 that we read in the midst of the whole passage. But verse 4, Jesus says, Remain in me and I'll remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. The apart life that we reject is a life of fruitlessness. Jesus, as a reminder, is the true vine. The Father is the gardener, and we are the branches. But a branch that is disconnected from the vine will not be able to bear fruit. If you look at a plant, if you look at a tree, if you look at anything of a a branch, you have the vine and you have the branches, if that branch is disconnected in any way, it is not going to bear fruit. Because fruitfulness... Production comes as a result of being connected to the vine. Because in the vine is where the nutrients come, where the roots have gone deep into the soil, where the nutrients in the soil, where the water of the soil, where the sunlight has come to be able to produce through the vine and into the branches fruit. If we, and if a branch, and if we as a result are not connected to the true vine, the Lord Jesus Christ, we will not be able to bear fruit. Christian fruit, for just our definition, we're going to look at this more in the weeks to come. Christian fruit is Christ-like character and the works of Jesus. The fruit that Jesus is talking about is Christ-like character and the works of Jesus. You see later in the passage, loving each other, having joy, having these answered prayers, these kinds of things that this is the result of being connected to the true vine. But the apart life, living disconnected from Jesus, living on our own, living in the unlimited human potential speech, is a life of fruitlessness. It's also a life with nothingness. Nothingness. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. And then these haunting, humbling seven words, apart from me, you can, if you're following along, do what? Nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. These, These have to be some of the most humbling words in the Christian life. Apart from me, you can do nothing. How often do you hear, I want to go do something for God? I'm going to go do something for God. You know what we're really saying? 
is, God, I'm going to go out apart from you, and I'm going to do something for you. What does Jesus say? Apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. If you and I think we're going to go do something for God, we are mistaken. Because apart from him, we can do nothing. You may say, well, I, I can eat on my own. I can have relationships on my own. I can enjoy life on my own. I can be successful on my own. I can make a lot of money on my own. I can, I can do this. I can do that. I can do all these things on my own. And to a degree, you can do a lot on your own. But to be like Jesus, to do the works of Jesus, that last for eternity and impact and change the world for the glory of Jesus... None of it can be done on our own. If we live apart from Jesus, if we go on our own, if we live the apart life, we can do nothing. To the point that verse 6 tells us that rejecting the apart life, we reject it with its fruitlessness, with its nothingness, and with its worthlessness. Verse 6 says, if anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that's thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. You've seen it in gardens. You've seen it in a branch that's fallen off a tree on the side of the road. You've, it's a principle that we all know, that when a branch is disconnected from the trunk or from the vine, it withers, and it is good for Nothing. Even if there were leaves or there was fruit, it dries up, it withers away, and that branch that is disconnected is not good for anything. It's useless, it's worthless, and its end is to be picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. That's all it's good for. Jesus uses this metaphor for what a life that is not abiding in him is good for. Now, now that, that's, that's harsh to hear for kingdom impact, isn't it? That when Jesus says, if we are not remaining in him, if we're not abiding in him, connected to him, that our life for kingdom impact is like a branch that is withering and that is destined only for the burn pile. I want us just to, to make sure we keep this in context. This, is, this passage is all about fruitful, uh, fruitfulness. It's all about living in relationship. It's not about a salvation issue. There are many people who will say, oh, is this a lose your salvation, have your salvation? This is about fruitfulness. And the metaphor is designed for that. Friends, brothers and sisters, we need to be people who are saying, I want to be so connected that I am not fruitless that I'm not doing nothing for the kingdom and that I'm not, in the sake of kingdom impact, worthless. Now, some of us, you may even be here, you may be listening online, you may be doing something, may say, well, I've been doing this on my own pretty good. I've been able to live apart from God and look at the success that I've had. I've, I've got a family got a great spouse. I've got good kids. I've got grandkids. I've 
got good, a nice house or a car or money. We do vacations. We do all these things. I got a good job. I've excelled. I've risen. You may be able to do it. But in the long haul and even more for the sake of eternity, you're not able to do it forever and you're not able to do it well in a way that will produce fruit for the kingdom. Eventually, and and even for those who are successful, I think we find ourselves in these places. Eventually, it's going to lead to different results, especially as we get a little older. One result may be burnout. You live apart from Jesus, and burnout happens. Rich Velotis, who's a pastor of New Life Fellowship in Queens, New York, says, this about burnout. It says, burnout is not, we've given so much of ourselves that we have nothing left. Burnout reveals the nothingness from which I was trying to give in the first place. Do you hear that? Sometimes we'll say, boy, I've just been giving and giving and giving and serving and working and working and working. I'm just kind of burned out. (laughs) Because that's the way we kind of say, look at all I've done, right? (laughs) That's the way we interpret it of saying, boy, I'm successful, I'm busy, look at all that I've accomplished. Man, I've given, 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 given so much, I'm kind of burned out. And what, the, what he is saying is this, it's not that we have given so much we have nothing less, it's just that we've been giving from nothing, and because we've been giving from nothing, it is finally revealing where I've been all along, with nothing really to give on my own. These are hard truths, aren't they? They go against the unlimited human potential speech. Maybe that eventually it's going to lead to these places where you can do it but burn out, but it may lead to self-medication. You know, we, there's one of the, the highest legal drug, alcohol, that's used. It's legal. But how many people depend on it? How many people say, I, I just got to get home or get to the end of the day. How do I relax? I I have a drink. It's dependence on. Even if it's not alcoholism, it's dependence on. i got to get something to medicate. I'm worn out. I'm tired. I'm empty. So alcohol, maybe it's going a level higher where it's drugs of illegal drugs. Maybe it's hobbies, looking to fill up by doing things that we enjoy. The pornography industry, the sex industry is so high that sex becomes one of those things that we medicate with self-medication. Food becomes one of those things. I don't know why I'm eating this, but I just got to find some comfort in something. And so we get to these places where we're living in fruitlessness and nothingness and worthlessness because we're rejecting, we're, we're in the, the apart life, and we got to fill it with something. We got to deaden the pain. We got to deaden what we're feeling. And so we run to all these things to self-medicate. Eventually, it may lead to a midlife crisis. How often do people get into their 50s or so, and before you know it, they're buying the sports car or something. You're like, wow, that doesn't fit that guy at all, right? Or they've raised their kids, and now they're going, i got to find myself a new spouse. This person I've been with, now that the kids are gone and we've been doing and investing and pouring in and getting them to do and getting their success and all these kinds of things, and now we're left with, okay, now what? You've been doing so much on your own strength apart that now when that focus is gone, you're like, I don't think I like this person anymore. I've got to go find something new. 
career changes, affairs, all can be those things that all of a sudden when everything slows down and you realize, ooh, I've been going, going, going apart, you got to find something to fill it. Depression becomes one of those things and on the extreme is suicide on the extreme form of what happens when we go to the apart life. Friends, the hard truth is that no matter how much human potential you and I think we have, and there's a lot of people that have a lot of human potential, a lot of ability, a lot of gifting, a lot of intellect, a lot of natural talents, all kinds of things. There is, there is a lot of human potential because God's created each of us in his image and his likeness, so there is potential there. But Jesus is saying this, that potential can never be fully utilized it can never produce what the kingdom intends and what Jesus intended for it if we live apart, if we live apart from him, because he is divine. We are the branches. And the apart life just ends up being frustrating, tiring, fruitless, wondering what's this all about? Am I, any, am I doing anything of worth? Because apart from him, we can do what? Nothing. Now, these are the parts of the message where everyone's like, oh, man, I came to church for that. But let me ask you this. And this is where in church we often go, I don't know if I want to admit to this because we got to, we got to put it on, and if we think we got to put it on, what are we leaning into? We're leaning into our unlimited human potential, right? But how many of us feel the desperation and the frustration of the apart life? Can you just say amen if you do? I'll say it, amen. And it's okay, because that's where we become aware of how much we need the other life. When we recognize just how how fruitless and full of nothingness and worthlessness it is when we live apart from Jesus that we say, boy, I, I need to choose the abiding life. I need to choose into the abiding life because in the abiding life, when we choose into it, we choose into the abiding life with its intimacy. Verses 4 and 5, Jesus says, remain in me and I'll remain in you. Remember again, he says, no... No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. And again in verse 5, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Here is this incredible, amazing promise that if it doesn't make you go, man, even on some degree, wow. I think we need to revisit what he's saying. He's saying this. If you will abide in me, if you will make your life in me, if you will come to me, if you will sing the, song, the words that we sang, if you will make that the desperate heart cry, Lord, I'm hungry, I'm thirsty, I'm longing for you. Lord, I can do nothing apart from you. If that is your heart's cry, then you begin to understand that the God of the universe and the person of Jesus Christ and by the presence of the Spirit wants to abide in you wants to make his home in you so closely that as the one song I shared a 
at the beginning of the series called Abide says, I don't know where you are ending and I don't know where I begin. Let me ask you, friend. Let me ask myself, all of us, is it your heart's cry that you would be able to say, I don't know where my life ends and I don't know where the life of Jesus, by the presence of the Spirit, where his begins. Because our life, there is such connection and intimacy with Jesus through the work of the Spirit that the love of the Father is so present in my life that I don't know where the life of Jesus begins and ends and I don't know where my life begins and ends because it's all intertwined. We love to say Christ in you, the hope of glory, hallelujah. We are in Christ and Christ is in us. But do you experience it? Do you hunger for it? Do you long to know the intimate presence of Jesus in the person of the Holy Spirit? And this is what Jesus is calling his disciples, what he's calling us into, the abiding life with its intimacy. How do I know that? Because he says it twice. Remain in me and I'll remain in you in verse 4. I'm the vine, you're the branches in verse 5. And if a man remains or abides in me and I in him, he says it twice. Now, the more time you would hang out with me, you may find that I have a kind of an annoying habit. And that annoying habit is that if I'm excited about something, I may tell you two or three times the same thing. And I don't realize it until someone goes, yeah, I I know. I was like, oh, why? Because I'm excited about it. Because I'm passionate about it. Because I want you to know about it. Because it's a part of me that's very important, and I want you to share it with me. This is what Jesus is saying. Just in these two verses, he's saying, If you abide in me, I'll abide in you. And then he says again, abide in me and I'll abide in you. Can you imagine the disciples being like, Jesus, you just said that. But do you think that if the greatest teacher on the face of the earth that has ever walked the face of the earth, the Lord Jesus Christ, says something twice? You think it's by accident? He's like, oh, sorry. Missed my notes. I said the same thing twice. Let me go, but just forget I said that. No, he's like, he says this twice, and he says it later in the passage because he wants to knew and I to know this. The most important thing is to abide in Christ. And when we abide in Christ, he will abide in us. He's passionate about it. He longs for us to live in it. So he reinforces it because he longs for intimacy with its people. So choose into the abiding life with its intimacy. Choose into the abiding life then with its fruitfulness. The opposite of fruitlessness is what? Fruitfulness. Verse 5 again. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Next week, we're going to talk more about fruitfulness, what it is, how to increase in it, the role of the abiding plays in it. But the goal of our lives is that out of intimacy, out of abiding in Christ, that fruit will come, fruit that lasts. So choose into it. 
And notice it's not just because that fruitfulness is not the first goal. Intimacy is. Let me say that again. Fruitfulness is not the first goal. Intimacy is. If we just want Jesus for what he does, we're just using him. But if we want Jesus because of who he is, fruitfulness will come naturally. So choose the abiding life with its intimacy, with its fruitfulness, and lastly, with its blessing. Listen to the blessings that are here in verses 7 and 8. If you remain or abide in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. There's three blessings in these, three, in these two verses. The first is the blessing of asking whatever you wish. Now, there are people who will say, if you do this, that you can ask for a million dollars. Praise the Lord, hallelujah, right? This is not what Jesus is saying. He's saying this, if you abide in me, and you don't know where your life is ending and where mine is beginning, and your words, and his words remain in us, and we begin to think the way that Jesus thinks, we begin to think the way the Father thinks, the Spirit of God begins to inhabit us in such a way, manifesting the presence of Jesus, the will of the Father becomes what we want. And so the things we ask we see answered because we begin to ask for what the Father already wants to do. So the blessing of asking whatever we wish, because it's his wish, it's his desire. The second blessing in verse 8, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. It's the blessing of bearing much fruit for the Father's glory. We're blessed with fruitfulness, and that glorifies God. Our greatest blessing is not to glorify myself. My greatest blessing is to bring glory to the God, to the Father, to God the Father. It's our privilege, it's our purpose, it's why we're here to bring glory to Him. And the last blessing is the end of verse eight showing yourselves to be my disciples. It's the blessing of showing your Showing the world that you belong to him. That Jesus is the one you're following after. That he is in you and you are in him. The blessing of showing the world what Jesus looks like with skin on. Not because you're so good, but because Christ is living his life through you. It's the blessing of leading others to him. It's the blessing of being his. The blessed life is the blessing of asking whatever you wish, of bearing fruit for the Father's glory, and of showing yourself to be his disciples. This morning as we wrap up, I just want us to to process for a few moments and to choose into rejecting that unlimited human potential line that's rooted so deeply in us. that causes us to live apart from him because we've been told that you can do it. You know, it's kind of offensive, isn't it? If we can just be honest for a moment, that idea that you can do nothing apart from him, that's kind of offensive, isn't it? Are are, are you with me? Anybody? It's offensive, right? Right? At our human core, it is offensive. 
But apart from him, we can do nothing. But as we join him and reject that apart life and we lean into the abiding life, the reality that he can do it, but we can't, becomes the greatest message that we will be able to embrace. My default, like probably all of ours, because we're human, is to live the apart life, not the abiding life. You know, COVID has been one of those things. You know, even though things are much better now, COVID realities are still out there. But from mid-March, even till today, COVID has made life very challenging for all of us. It's made life very challenging for me. And especially from last December when I got COVID through about May, it was just like one thing after another, after another, after another, after another, after another in my life and in our family. It just seemed like things were piling up over and over and over. And I find, found myself being very, very weary. And I found myself being dry like one of those withered branches. And I, I was, my heart intention and my desire and what I was doing, I, I was abiding, but I was barely, barely, barely holding on. It was like by a thread. You know, sometimes we choose into rejecting the abiding life willfully. Like, now I'm going to go do this on my own. And other times we are just so weary and tired and life has just been heavy on us that it's like I, I'm doing everything I can just to try to stay close to the vine. And that's where I was. And, and in the Lord's grace and mercy, he was still allowing there to be fruit that was happening but boy I just felt like I was like the he was over there and the vine I was just trying to stay close and in the Lord's grace and in his mercy um, last May we went to a conference over in Aliquippa launch conference and at the beginning of that time the first morning in the time of worship he gave me four words refresh fill empower and send And over about the next 28 hours, the Lord in various ways did all of those things. Refreshing me, filling me, empowering, sending. Took some time to actually see it flesh out, but he did all those things that he said he was going to do at the beginning of that time. And I don't know, there may be some of you today that are saying, boy, if I'm honest, I'm living willfully rejecting the abiding life. I'm living the apart life because I just want to go do it myself. There may be others of you who could say, yeah, I can relate to what you're saying. I, I may be in that place of just saying, oh Lord, I want to be there, but I am so tired and life has been so heavy and I, my heart cried, but I just feel like I'm barely hanging on. I'm barely connected. There's a little bit of life coming. I'm getting it from you, but boy, I just, it feels distant right now. And there may be others of you who are saying, oh, Lord, I'm there. And I sense your life. I sense that intimacy. And I just want to stay here. And I want this to be the way I live over and over. No matter where you're at, one of those powerful moments for me that concluded the conference 
was a song called the Isaiah song. I never heard it before, but it's been life to me. It's just words of scripture. And we're going to sing that in closing this morning, the Isaiah song. And no matter where you find yourself on that spectrum, and you may even say, oh, there's a fourth option where I'm at, you, that's, that's great that you're able to identify that. But because it's new, it may be this, a song where you just want to sit in the presence of Jesus. You just want to receive and want to say, Lord, here I am. I'm choosing, choosing, choosing the abiding life wherever you find yourself. And that we would welcome the ministry of Jesus by his spirit to meet us where we're at because he's the true vine. We're the branches. He's already promised that if we abide, he will abide in us. And so we just say, Lord, here I am. I want to abide. I want my life to be connected to yours. I want to know in increasing fashion your intimacy, your presence. So as the worship team comes, we just simply pray, offer ourselves, and then they'll lead us in this closing song. So Father in heaven, you are the gardener. You're the gardener of our lives. Jesus, we acknowledge and confess that you are the true vine, that life is found in you and you alone. Our salvation is in you, our Savior. Living like you is in you, our sanctifier. The healing of our bodies, of our minds, of our soul, it's in you, Jesus, our healer. The hope that we have of life with you forever and ever and ever is in you, Jesus, our coming king. You are the true vine for us. You are everything that we need. And so no matter, Father, where we find ourselves at this morning, I pray that you would meet each of us there. Father, I pray for grace and strength and willingness to say, I choose to reject the apart life for whatever reason it may be or whatever reason we might lean towards it. And I choose to abide. I choose you, Jesus. Standing on your word and on your promise that if we abide in you, that you will abide in us. We take you at your word. We welcome your ministry. In Jesus' name.